these, these uh, super smart intellectual ladies, they were African American and at the time, this was back in the 60s, they, they, they were called computers. These women would take these computations and they would just go through on paper. I mean like, wow, and their mind and they could just do all this computation. So God created these great things. These women helped the NASA, the Saturn, the Apollo projects and these women were awesome. And every one of you have a supercomputer brain. Even though you don't believe it, you really do. Come on, amen? God has created you for great things. So let me read the scripture, and then we'll get into it. We're talking about breaking the snares uh, that the devil has put into your mind. You see, the devil limits us. Come on. He, he makes you doubt. He makes you fear. He makes you uh, uh, think about things that are destructive or not helpful. And God says, I want your mind to be free because I created this wonderful brain of yours to do great things. Come on, amen? Father, in Jesus' name, open our minds, our bodies, our thoughts, our spirits to the word today. I humble myself. I just want to be the vessel that brings your power, your word to this great group of people because you're doing great things in, in us and you want to do great things in this world. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, again, I'm going to ask of you now because Ron already gave you permission to use your cell phone. I'm going to ask now, please turn it to like silent Turn it to uh, airplane mode unless, you're, unless your Bible program uh, has to be online. Uh, but I just want you to focus today. Come on, amen. Take your Bibles out if you have it or your Palm device or your phone with your scripture, of course, not your uh, Pinterest account right now. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I'm going to read this out of the uh, English Standard Version. I believe I have it up on the note, on the PowerPoint. Here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but, I love this, have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, here's my question, okay? I want you to hear this. Should we as humans, should we as humans act on every thought that comes to our mind? Think about that. Should you act on every thought that comes to your mind? I see someone wisely saying no. Because there are some thoughts that come to my mind that I want to do something, especially on 270, right? Uh, or, you know, or walking through the grocery line and the person's going down the middle of the aisle, just kind of on their cart, they're going back and forth. And you're like, I got a shopping list. I got to move. So my first thought may not be a good thought. You see what I'm saying? I have two dogs. They're awesome. They're funny. And their, their primary motivation is to eat. Okay? They don't care what it is, but they just want to eat it. They will do... And so you and I, we like to eat, but we're not animals. Right? You can think about, okay, this cheeseburger, I love it, but eating like cheeseburgers every day is probably not the best for me. Right? Some of you are like, talk to yourself, Pastor Stan. It's good for me. Uh, you know, and so, um, I mean, again, I love cheeseburgers. And so, uh, so, but, so as, a, as a human, you're like, okay, um, you know, you want to sleep in every morning, don't you? Some of you don't. Some of you are like, you're up, you're running your marathon, you've ran six miles, you've done 5,000 push-ups, you've eaten your flax seed, and you had your wheatgrass shake, and you're like, yeah! And I'm like, ooh, Jesus help us. God bless you. Um, but a lot of times in the morning, right, that alarm goes off, you want to hit the snooze button, you want to just roll back over, but that's not always the best thing, right? Come on. So God puts these thoughts in your mind. The devil tries to interject bad thoughts. And so we wonder, you know, are we slaves to um, animal nature? No, we are God's creation. We are created in his image, right? 
You're thinking right now. You're thinking, what's he doing? What's he saying? I wish he'd be done. You know, what about this? What about that? Your, your brain is constantly processing information, 24-7. Even when you sleep, it's processing information. Come on, right? So the enemy, he would love to take your brain and infect it or twist it or make it no good by making you think bad thoughts. What I talked about during the worship time of that Good Good Father song where we condemn ourselves. I'm a bad person. I'm nobody. I'm never going to amount to this. This happened in my life. And the devil's like, that's right. You're trash. No one cares about you. Even God's mad at you. And that's the devil speaking thoughts into your mind. Here's the good news, and I'm just going to shorten it so I can get on with it, is you can take those thoughts and say, that's not from God. I rebuke that, and I cast that out of my mind in Jesus' name. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yes, you can. You are a sentient being. Say, I am a sentient being. You are smart. You're good-looking as well. By the way, you're well-dressed, and I'm glad you're here today. You are a gift from God to the world. Come on. You're not an animal. Uh, you're not a dog or a cat, and sometimes people think they are, but you are, and I love dogs and cats, and, well, I don't like cats. I love dogs and animals to somewhat, but, but we don't have an animal nature that we're like just, ah, food, ah, play. You have a brain, and you can use it for good or bad. And God is saying, you know what, I want to help you get your thinking back. I want you to clearly think, because every one of you, are, you're intelligent. I love the, the account in Daniel. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They, they were taken captive to a foreign land, and they used their brains because they were connected to God, and they were the, some of the highest officials in, in the Persian Empire, the Babylonian and Persian Empire. Isn't that exciting? See, you could, God can use you. Just I love the account that God gave them favor in Oman, that God could give you favor because you can use your brain and do great things. Come on, amen? So you can do it, amen? You see, the devil wants you to take thoughts and God gives you an opportunity to check your thoughts. You see, God is not the author of confusion. Write him down, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. You see, if your mind is always struggling, you're always wondering, and you're always confused, you're always worried about judgment, that's the devil's thoughts throwing into your mind, making you. God is not the author of hate, confusion or doubt, that is the devil. The second scripture then, it says this. Uh, John, again, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father. But look what the devil does. John 8, 44, and this is Jesus speaking to those who were accusing him. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He is, he is a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he... He lies. He speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. You see that? The devil is lying to you all the time. And God is speaking truth to you all the time. And so you have a thought. And it's not that there's an angel on your shoulder, there's a little demon on your shoulder. There is the word of God is speaking to you. Jesus is speaking to you. And the devil is speaking to you. And you've got to discern which voice is which, who's speaking to me, how do I take captive bad thoughts, how do I let good thoughts work. So are you ready to go? Here we go. The first thing is this. Your mind, the mind, is a battlefield. Your mind is a battlefield. I know I talk about this a lot, but I mean it. I see too many Christians, especially today, in the overload of information and the social media, they have lost their mind. They don't think straightly anymore. They allow everything from social media to, to tell them how to think and how to act. 
And there's nothing wrong with some of those things, but you again have got to say, I am a creature from God. I can say yes or no. I can agree with it. I can disagree with it. I can have questions about it. I don't have to just act on animal instinct. We are not mass creatures who can't think. We are individuals who come together in mass who can think individually and we can think collectively to do great things. Amen? Pastor Stan, wow, that's a lot. Okay, then here we go. We are only as free as our minds are. If you go through life saying, I'm nobody, I'm never going to amount to much, then you're going to trap yourself. If you say, you know what, I've had some bad things happen in my life. Those were some terrible things, but with God's help, I'm going to overcome these things, and God has a plan for my life. I guarantee you, your life's going to be different. Every one of us struggle. Every one of us have had bad things happen to us, or are going to have bad things. You can either allow your thoughts, say, you know, I'm just... It's just bad. Our family's always in debt. Our family's always fighting. And so I'm going to be that way. And you're, you're, you're ta- falling captive to snares from the devil. Or you can say, you know what? My family has a history of that. But Jesus says that I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. I don't have to live like that. So Lord, I'm walking in the newness of life. Do you see what I'm saying? You can choose how to live from this point on. And the devil wants you to not be free. He wants you to think limited thoughts. He wants you to be animalistic in in senses. He wants to control your thoughts. And so it's very interesting because, see, the devil didn't use a gun. He didn't use a knife. He didn't use bricks. He didn't use a car. He didn't use a bomb or stone to take Eve captive. What did he use? Words that made her doubt. Do you see that? Genesis 3.1 Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, the serpent, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, now, I'm going to give Adam and Eve a break here because this, the creation was new and like if an animal talks to you, you should probably run. Come on, right? Come on, right? I mean, if you're out in the woods and you're hiking and all of a sudden like the squirrel comes up, hey, how's it going, Ron? What's going on? You're like, excuse me. You know, I'm riding my bike and a bear comes up. Hey, Stan, how you doing? That leg looks pretty tasty. I'm like, excuse me, bear. Hey, bear, look, a pot of honey. And I'm like, right? Laugh. You're supposed to laugh. (laughs) Pooh bear, some of you remember? All right, that didn't go over so well. All right. So, but do you see what the serpent did? Do you see what the devil did? Before he could defeat her, he had to get her to question God. And you see, the devil makes you question God all the time. He makes you question your value in God all the time. And you see, see, God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed. He gave them this, I, I've talked about this a million times, a big garden. He said, take it, eat, but just leave this tree alone. That's all. That's all he said. And the devil comes along and says, did God really say that? So what happened? He didn't use force. He didn't use a bomb. He didn't use terror. He, he made her question. He used words. He put thoughts into her mind. Do you see what happened? The enemy of our soul has been doing this from the beginning, and it is the best tactic that he has against you and I. If we can doubt God, we can doubt his love, the devil will make us go down a, a place that we should not go. Come on, amen? The good news is this, is that Jesus has triumphed over the devil. Amen? And he gives us weapons. Not, he doesn't just leave you out there, oh, I hope you make it. He gives you weapons. And I love this, okay? Because John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, the truth will set you free. So this is it. 
The battle is a spiritual and a mental one. Can you imagine Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They had been taken captive from their homeland. Jerusalem and Judah had all fallen. They were taken captive by the Babylonians and eventually they got taken over by the Persians. They were living in modern-day Iran, Iraq, okay? And so they were taking from their home, their land, and now they're, being, they're trying to be brainwashed. They're trying to be made into these people. And so they're being forced into this group of people and they resist it. They stand up for it and God blesses them for standing up for it. God gives them, it says that they had, uh, they were ten times smarter. Can you imagine that? That all of a sudden you go to work and you're ten times smarter? God can free us up. Ten times smarter in business and school and home and ministry and, and dealing with the world because we say, you know what, God? This brain is something you've given me and I'm going to take it back. And the battle is a spiritual battle and I cannot win the battle. Again, I'll read it to you. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, ESV. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty uh, opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought. Okay? So yes, you have a body, you have a mind, and you have a spirit. And all three of those affect your body. So how many of you know um, you should not sometimes make decisions? My wife and I always talk about this, that um, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Because who's going to speak to you during that whole time? Your flesh. Oh, wow. Twinkies. Yes. Oreo cookies. Yes. Naan. Yes. Hummus. Yes. Tofu. No. Um, meat. Yes. You know, I mean, so, so I try to purposely, when I, if I'm out grocery shopping, I'm going to eat first because I know what happens. I buy stuff. I like, what? how did that get in there? Get home, my wife's like, well, you, went, you went to the store hungry, didn't you? Yeah, I couldn't help it. Because who was thinking? My stomach was thinking for me, right? And so you're a body, you're a mind, and you're a spirit. You have all that. And God says, you really can't always control that in that aspect, but God can give you power. Come on, isn't this exciting? God gives us supernatural weapons to destroy demonic strongholds, thoughts of the world, and we can take them captive. And check this out. The Word of God, when the Word of God is read, when it is studied, when it is listened to, when it is memorized, when it is meditated upon, we'll talk more about that, this Bible can guide you into life. This is the only living book in the world. It is living. It's active. It gives you life. And so I'm telling you, the world tells you not to read it. It's old. It's archaic. It was written by a bunch of white men. No. It was written by God through a bunch of Jewish men uh, over a 2,000 years period, basically. 66 books, okay? 40 different authors over a different time period. And there's no fault. There's no errors. There's no discrepancies. It, it all, it's in harmony. It's in harmony. So God wrote it. And when you read it again, it's living. It's active. It gives you answers and Wisdom for life today. Remember I challenged you to read a proverb a day. There's 31 of them. Read one every day. I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to get wiser. You're going to become smarter. Okay, come on. So the Word of God can help you overcome. It allows us to have a spiritual century in your mind. When you're watching TV shows, when you, I, I've told this example a million times, right? or maybe 50, I'm, I'm lying to you. Um, excuse me, I'm stretching it a little. I don't like to lie to you. We talked about that. 
Uh, my dad was in the Army. He was in the Signal Corps. He was also an electrician. He knew how to fix TVs and electronics. And so we were watching, I love science fiction movies, still do today. Um, we were watching a science fiction movie. I've used this example many times. We watch this, and this alien took possession of this man. He looked like normal, and the man was fighting. You know, he's fighting himself, and this alien's in him, and he's trying to get control. And so uh, in the wrestling around, they knock over a lamp. The bulb comes out somehow, and so all there's a socket, and he puts his finger, he puts his hand inside the, uh, in the light, and, and it shocks the, it shocks the uh, alien out of it. And my dad looked at me right away. Stan, don't ever do that. You'll die. You can't do that. This was a TV show. My dad put a mental century into my mind. We were at a movie uh, years ago. I, my kids were little, and, and uh, it was um, this, the, these guys were aliens. They, were, they looked like teenagers, and they were being chased by the government. And the kid jumped out of the car in the back of the car, and he stopped this big uh, truck, and, he, and I hear the dad with his son, look, you can't do that. This is only a movie. And so there's these thoughts that come into your mind and you've got to put a mental century, a spiritual century, when it says, run over your neighbor. The Bible should say, no, thou shall not kill. Don't do that. Do you see what I'm saying? People say, oh, I just can't help it. Oh, I just got to do it. No, you don't have to do everything your mind says. You can doubt your doubts. Come on. You can question those thoughts. That's not from God. That's from the devil. Amen. Good preaching. Good place to say amen, all right? So the battle is a spiritual and a mental one. i got to move on, all right? Here we go. So let us see. Spiritual problems cannot be simply solved by human willpower. I have good willpower until I see vanilla Oreo cookies. Those are now my new favorite cookie, which I will not buy because if I get those, I love Oreo, but there's a... You know what I'm talking about? Since you're talking about food, I'm on the food subject right now, Okay. So I have all the willpower in the world until you, I buy a package of those and I bring them, bring them home and I will eat a bunch of them, maybe the whole bag. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? So I have all kinds of willpower at the store. I don't see it, I don't buy it, I'm good. But if I buy it and bring it home, I'm in trouble. Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes our willpower is just not enough to defeat demonic forces or the, the spiritual attack the enemy is putting into your brain. God gives you a mind. He gives you the word. He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to help you. So check this out. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. For who among you knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12, I love this. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand that God what God has freely given us. Do you see that? God has enlightened your mind with the Holy Spirit so that you can understand the ways of God. I, I, people constantly, Pastor Stan, I don't understand the ways of God. I don't understand it. But God, Holy Spirit, helps you understand. And so when you're dealing with stuff and your willpower doesn't work, you're passing, I, I'm trying to get over this thing. I just can't get over it. I've tried everything. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Come on, let him help you overcome these things, these thoughts that are not from God or they're destructive thoughts. And I love this. Here's the second part of 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? The question, of course, is, but we have the mind of Christ. See, when you read the word and Christ is in your life and you surrender everything, including your thought life to God, you can have the mind of Christ. How do I act in this situation? What would Jesus do? How can I protect myself? How can I protect my family? How can I be wise? You see, once we submit to God 
And we resist the devil. The Bible is very clear. Res- submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. James 4, 7 is right there. The Bible's clear, very clear. There's a battle for our minds, and you can have victory through Jesus Christ. Come on, amen? Through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit helping you. So here we go. Let me talk about this. Here's a handful of strategies. Battle strategy number one, I know you're like, oh, I don't like talking about war. Well, there's a spiritual war for your life every day. Whether you like it or not, there's an enemy of our souls, and he wants to destroy you. And again, he's attacking your mind. He's attacking your heart. But we're talking about freeing yourself from the snares in your mind. So the first thing is this, renewing our mind by memorizing Scripture. Renewing our mind by... Me- I know we don't like to memorize Scripture. We can memorize the Washington Wizards. We can memorize uh, how many passes uh, Kirk Cousins has thrown. We can memorize how many times the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have gone to the Super Bowl. Boo. We can memorize uh, how many times the Broncos have gone to the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's funny because we can memorize songs, right? You, you, we can memorize poetry, to be, not to be, you know, you know we can, but when it comes to the Word of God, we like, oh, I don't want to memorize the Word. I don't have time for that. And you know why? Because that's the devil speaking to you. Because the Word of God is living. It breathes life. In fact, uh, David, remember David, he, he, he wrote a lot of scriptures and he wrote it, I'm going to read it because I, I memorized the Bible from King James when I was younger. Uh, Psalm 119.11, I have hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And of course, it talks about, says, your word is a light unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, memorizing, those are great scriptures. And so you can memorize the word of God and start with something simple. Don't do all Psalm 119. Don't do all of Deuteronomy. Uh, start with a book that's simple or a few verses uh, and memorize it and repeat it because these are like words of life that can come back to you in time of need. Isn't this awesome? You should be shouting, yes, um, your brain is like a computer hard drive. Okay, Your brain is a superhuman computer hard drive and, and it, it, was, it was started out blank. And over time, the world and, and everything has filled it and the devils also tried to corrupt it. In fact, the, the person who wrote this book, this, I'm getting the sermon series from Robert Morris, he said, remember I talked about this, he struggled with two, uh, three bad thoughts. One was he felt like he was worthless and his, his body was falling apart. So he physically was falling apart because he kept speaking over and over, I'm, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm clumsy, I'm just an accident waiting to happen. So he, and accidents kept wanting to happen. He struggled with, with pornography and lust and he began to see, you know what, I've got to get a victory over these things. He began to memorize scripture and he began to work on Scripture. And the more that he, he worked on the Scripture, the more that he realized he could overcome those things that the devil was using in his life. He found that memorization helped him to overcome these things in his life. So memorizing Scripture is really cool. I don't have time. Can I just be nice to you? Yes, you do. You have time to memorize Scripture. I have time, and I'm going to get back into it. There's a million ways. In fact, if you have the U version of the Bible on your computer, on your cell phone... You can daily memorize a scripture. There are apps. You can do the old school, take a note card, write a scripture out, memorize parts of it. You can do it. Don't tell me you don't have time, especially when you can sit in front, uh, watch Netflix for five hours a night or scroll through your phone and, and you're just like mindless stuff. Come on, amen? Pastor, you say this every week because I'm telling you, you can think. You can control your time because God loves you. Come on, Amen. Our brains were fresh when we were born, but over time they were programmed by the world system, by good things, by family, by the work of the devil. The Word of God will help you take back your thoughts. Come on, amen? Let me move on. 
The Word of God can transform your thinking. I love this. I'm going to read this to you. Romans 12, 2. This is out of the New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You see that? Don't let, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I love how Eugene Peterson puts this in the message. Check this out. The, the second one in the, in the next Romans 12, 1 and 2. Check this out. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out, readily recognize uh, what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. Do you see that? You see, I remember, and I told you about this, in elementary school and middle school or junior high and high school, I always wanted to fit in. I wanted to make sure everyone liked me. And I, you know, as I began to read the Word and the church told me, you know, you be what God has called you to be. You be different. They made fun of me. They made fun of me for going to church. They made fun of me for not going to the parties. They made fun of me all the time. But guess who they called on when they were in trouble? Me. Because they knew I had a solid faith. They knew that I stood on God's integrity. And they knew that I was my own man, my own person, and I didn't have to act like them. Young man, young lady, husband, wife, single person, in the, the culture of the world, the world says you need to be like us to win. The Bible is very clear. It says do not be like the world because I can exalt you. Again, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not part of the, the Persian Asian culture. They were different. And look what God did with them. You don't have to do what the world says. You can think for yourself. Come on, amen? Young people in high school, middle school, college, and the professors are telling you, mocking Christianity, telling you everything's okay. You can learn their subject, but you don't have to believe everything they believe. Come on, amen? I tell my kids that all the time. because I've gone through the college campus and the high school campus when they're mocking Christianity, they're off topic, and they're trying to tell me what to believe. And I was like, that's fine for you, but I don't have to believe it. Because look at your lifestyle. You're messed up. Come on, I'm not trying to be mean. Come on, amen. It's good preaching. Amen. All right. So the Word of God can transform your thinking for good. When tempted with the old thoughts, remind yourself of the Scriptures. Bring them back up because they're living. They're like life. Come on, amen. And yes, you can use your smartphone at home, at work, or not when you're driving, okay, and memorizing Scripture. Right? Come on, this is good. The next thing, battle strategy is, uh, is using God's word as a spiritual weapon. I'm going to read this. I'm going to give you some examples. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against the uh, strategies of the devil. For we, God, uh, sorry, so let me get this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies but against the evil rulers and authorities of the world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the in the heavenly realms therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will stand you will be standing firm verse 14 stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness verse 15 for shoes Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the enemy, of the devil. Verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet 
and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And last one, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all, all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. Okay? So the Bible is the most powerful weapon at your disposal. You see... People have tried to disprove the Bible for centuries, and guess what? The Bible is still the most popular, best-sold book in all of history. It is still in existence. People who don't believe it will still have a copy, and they still look to it. The Bible is living its active. So if it's true, then you and I can use it. Come on, amen? We can use it daily. So let me go through this. Do I have the picture? Do I have the picture? Hit the, hit the slide. Next slide. So this is, if you can look at this, these are Roman soldiers. Um, so this is the armor. Do you see? So like they have helmets on. They have a, a, a tall shield. They have little spears. They have a sword. They have the, they have the breastplate of righteousness. They have like combat sandals. Okay, not, those aren't your normal sandals you buy in the store, ladies. Um, and so, and then and men, if you wear sandals, men, don't wear them with socks, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> and so then like, then he see like a, he had a belt and he's got this area that protects him there. So they, they've got this armor. They, and the Roman soldiers were at the time, they were some of the most fierce and feared armies of the world of their time, in their apex, in their highest times, okay? And so Paul, of course, being in prison, being guarded by a Roman soldier, he can take this and he's taking something that's an example to the people of that time and he's saying, look, here's what the armor of God is. And he, and he uses stuff that they see every day and he puts it into their thing. Now, we don't do this nowadays. They have Kevlar, you know, they have M16s and uh, M4, M4. I mean, they have all different stuff today, right? So, so I'm going to go with this because this is pretty cool. The belt of truth. You see, so he has a belt. You see the belt there? So go ahead and hit the next slide. Go, we'll go back and forth. So you can have, write this down. So I'm like, I'm going to write it down. The belt of truth, okay? So the Roman soldier would gird himself with a, a wide belt to protect his loins and, of course, keep his weapons. The loin area, now please, this I'm not trying to be gross or crude, but listen, the loin area is used to reproduce and to eliminate. You go home and think about that later. When you, we are living according to God's word, we produce truth and we eliminate error. Okay? If something we receive aligns with the word of God, we receive it and we pass it on. If it's not from the word of God, we just pass, we get rid of it. Your body does the same thing. When you, you eat or drink toxins, your body's trying to get rid of it immediately because it knows. And when you know truth, when you know the right, the toxins or the evil or the, the bad thoughts come, you know to get rid of. That is called the belt of truth. God is truth. Come on, amen? The second part is the breastplate of righteousness. See, the, the breastplate, it's also, can you go back to the picture? It's front and back. It, it protected front and back. And so, the enemy will go for the kill shot. So, so typically, uh, if, if you can kill the man, if you can get a sword or a dagger or a spear or something in the heart, there's a good chance that he's going to die immediately. Okay? So in, in, in war, they're taught to go for headshots or a chest shot. I mean, whatever shot you can get in. The police, when they have to eliminate a bad person, they're going to go right away for this, this area right here. Okay? Because if they can eliminate a person... They win the battle. And see, if the devil can get at your heart, he can get what makes you alive, he can stop you. And God says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because see, the devil condemns your heart. He tells you how bad you are. He tells you how you'll never get out of that. And God says, no, I've cleansed you. In fact, the blood of Jesus makes us righteous, so it covers us like armor. And when we live in this righteousness, our hearts, our souls can be protected. Isn't that awesome? 
The breastplate of righteousness reminds us that we are in God. We are not unrighteous. Come on, you are the righteousness of God because of Jesus Christ. The devil lies to you. You're terrible. Stand you to this. You saw that. I mean, that's the devil's lies. And he will go for the heart shot, the head shot, anytime he can. But God says, protect yourself by keeping yourself in Christ. All right? Amen? So the second part is the helmet of salvation. Go back to the helmet if you don't mind. Um, this is a pretty good helmet. You know, um, you're not going to see this in the NFL, but it's a good helmet. You see that protects him from a lot of different things. Now go back to that. So the helmet of salvation. If a soldier loses his head, he's dead, right? Come on, right? So if, if our minds are destroyed with bad thinking, we're as good as gone. It's very interesting to me, and I'm not making light, but it, it, it's very interesting that we are seeing a, a record high mental illness in all of time. And the devil's trying to corrupt our thoughts all the time, making us think bad thoughts and destructive thoughts. And again, trying to make us think we're animals and we only do what our body tells us to do. You are not an animal. You are a human created in the image of God. Come on, amen? Why do you think the enemy's after your mind? Why does he make you think these bad thoughts? Why does he make you think the world says, well, I'm just, I was born this way, I just have to act. No, you are not a dog, you are a human being. Come on, amen? That's good preaching. That's not going to be popular in the college campuses, but it's the truth. And the truth will set you free. The Word of God renews our mind. Oh, I don't have time. Pastor, that's just old fuddy daddy. But if you read it, I mean, you will, your brain synapses will be new, will be made new, and, and new fresh thoughts, new ideas. You can be creative by reading the Word of God. Come on, amen? Good stuff. All right. So then, then there's the shoes uh, of the gospel piece. Go back to the shoes, okay? Do you see these guys? They had, it's funny because now they call these, what, gladiators or something like that, you know? These are not your typical uh, sandals to go to the beach in. You know, they look cute for some of you. And, and men, if you wear sandals like that, I'm be a little concerned. And don't wear them with socks, by the way. Did I already say that? Uh, and of course, if you're wearing, you're like in the custom. But you see, on the bottom of those Sandals, they had like cleats. They put spikes on there so that when they were on, saw, on solid ground, they could uh, keep their good footing so that when they were attacked, they could always just be able to put their feet down and, and, and get themselves under them. They could climb places because a soldier doesn't always fight on firm ground, right? He fights on different places. He has to hike, he has to climb, has to move back and forth. And so here's the thing. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ brings peace. It's solid ground, right? On Christ, the solid rock I stand all other ground is shifting sand. So when you're on Christ, it's solid ground. So when your feet are fitted with the gospel, when you're standing on Jesus Christ, you're always firm. The devil's always trying to take, make us take off our feet of the gospel and put on the ways of the world, thoughts of the world. Or, you know what, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to pray. And the devil's like, yes, take off the armor because you're going to get jacked up. That's what I want. But you're like, no, I want to be free. I want to try everything. I'm missing something. You see, the devil wants you to get off the solid ground because when he can do that, you're going to slip and slide. Because nothing in this world is firm except for God and his love for us. Come on, amen? So you have to stay in the gospel. You have to stay in Christ. Amen? And the gospel gives you purpose. I love what Ron said. He took what he's learned and he's using it to change the world. You can be in business teaching. You can be a manufacturer. You can, you can be flipping hamburgers or tofu chips. I don't care what you do. And you can still be a gospel soul winner or a representation of Christ wherever you go. Come on, amen. That's what God intended. And if you're not living in the gospel, you're not going to have purpose. The world's going to tell you what to think. They're going to tell you what to do. And you're not going to be happy. Amen? 
The next is, of course, the shield of faith. Can you go back to the shield of faith? So the shield of faith, go ahead, let's go back to the picture. You see the shield was a big, it wasn't a little hubcap, it wasn't a little buckler. This was like a big thing. If you've ever seen uh, reenactments or history, the Roman soldiers would come together and they would, they would come together shield by shield and when the enemy would throw fiery darts or arrows or stones, they would, they would put the shields in front and then they would be grouped behind and put the shields on top and the shield would protect them. Can you imagine that? So this wasn't just some little thing. This was mobile. It was powerful. It protected them. This is the shield of faith. You see, faith does this for us. Faith in God protects our thoughts. Faith in God protects us from the fiery darts of the devil because the devil is always trying to make you doubt. He's trying to make you do things that you shouldn't do. In fact, Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. I'm going to say it because I have to, because I'm so concerned for the church today in America. If you put more time into Netflix, in social media, uh, in, in the news, and, and music that's not Christian, I'm not saying you can't have that, and reading the newspaper, then you do the Bible, your faith is going to be anemic. Come on. You're not going to know what you believe because you're filling your soul up with stuff that doesn't believe in God. As your pastor... As your friend, I'm, I'm pleading with you. You need to know the Word of God more than you know the ways of the world. Because it's leading you astray. It's corrupted your thinking. You're beginning to think, it's okay to do this stuff. It's okay. It's okay to kill babies. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not. never has been. That's the way of the devil. It's my life. I can do what I want. No, really you can't if you're a Christian. You're bought with a price. You belong to God and God wants you to honor Him. Come on, Amen. Oh, I love you. I know that was hard. Some of you don't like that. But the more of the Word of God we hear, we read, we study, we meditate, the, the stronger our faith will be. Come on. You can't just go to a conference and go to a great worship service and then the preacher get all, all hyper, and then pray over you. I got more faith. Bling! You might get a shot that day, but if you're not reading the Bible, you're not praying, you're not married, you're not going to church, and you're feeding yourself with the world system, your faith is going to disappear like that. Come on, amen. Good preaching. That's a good place to say amen. Great word, Pastor. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for reminding me. All right, the sword of the Spirit. Hebrews 4.12. Go back to the sword. Okay, now they had, um, you know, in in our mind, we think of medieval knights and they had the big two-handed broadsword, you know. If you ever try to lift a broadsword, you know, um, this was like a, it was a very, very, it's a double-edged sword and they could just take, that was a very destructive weapon. It could hack, it could slice, it could poke. So again, they're behind this shield. Of course, they had the spears too. They're behind the shield. You're coming at them and they can just take that little sword. They could chop off your spear, chop off your hand, uh, you know, poke you, get your feet. I mean, these, these were trained words. Pastor, that's gross. Well, this is the same thing. The devil's out to kill you. You need to know the word of God. Jesus used the word of God when the devil came at him. Come on, right? The devil twisted the word of God. Jesus put the word of God back in his face and said, this is the word of God. So he's like taking the sword and he's, he's stabbing at the devil. And the devil's like, ah, it hurts. The word of God, it's living, it's active. Come on. You might read a book, but the Bible is the only book that reads you. It reads you, it, it helps you know what you need, and it will give you life. You're not going to get that from Othello. You're not going to get that from your, uh, uh, your book on programming. <laughs> you know, and I flunked basic in college. I mean, like, I just like, oh, I hate computer. Some, you smart people do this for me so I can just have a nice computer someday. Thank you for doing that, by the way. But see, when I read the Word of God, I memorize it. 
I'm blessed. It gives me life. It gives me weapons that I can use against the enemy. The Bible is one of our few offensive weapons besides praying in the Spirit, which I don't have time to talk about that, okay? Number four, battle strategy number, number three is meditating on the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about Eastern meditation where you empty your mind and you allow anything. This, this is not emptying your mind. This is rumination. Now, where I've talked about cows are plenty, so I'm going to talk about sheep. How many of you are sheep or a lamb, a goat, you know, sheep? You know what I'm talking about, sheep? Meh. You know, the little things, and some of you are annoyed by them, and they're cute, and some of you eat them. Uh, some of you get use the wool. But sheep have four compartments in their stomach. Okay, so they're, they're ruminant animals. There's a handful of them. You can Google that later. So, they're, so they take their... They, you ever see like you're out and you're driving, you're hiking, and you see a picture and the sheep's out there always like... And you're like, what kind of gum does he have? No, he's chewing his cuds. So basically he eats grass or grain, he eats it, he swallows it, it comes back up, swallow, comes back up. You're like, what? He does this about four times. He is getting every last piece of nutrition out of that grain, that grass, that whatever he's eating. And so this is when the Bible says to meditate on the Word. It's not, um, nom, 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 nom. It's like, no. It's take the Word of God and chew on it until you get every little bit of help out of it you can. This is what it means. Biblical meditation is not Eastern meditation. Please, and I'm telling you, as your pastor, don't empty your mind so someone else can feel it because that's what the devil wants. If you look at people get demonized or false religions... A cult, you know how they do? They, empty, they make people empty their minds. They, they hold back water and food from them. They, they put them in a place where they can't have outside sources. Do you, I'm seriously, this is brain control. The devil does the same thing. Well, I seem to clear my mind. I need to be open to everything. No, you don't. You don't need to be open to everything. Come on. You can look at it and study it, but you don't need to be open to ways that are destructive. I love you. I'm just trying to be honest with you today. Too many Christians are falling into stuff that's not even biblical and it's destroying their lives. You see, you need to meditate on the Word. You need to think about it over and over. Let me just give you a couple hands. Biblical meditation involves reading the Bible and thinking about it over and over. Here's just some questions. I don't have them, but I just put them up here. And I've said this before. I have the Lectia Divina in the back. You can pick those up. When you're reading the Word, think about this. When you're reading a scripture, think about this. What was the author saying to his audience? So that way you can understand. Who's he speaking to? What's he saying? Remember I talked about this. Paul is speaking about the Roman armor because he can relate it to our faith. Okay, so after that then, what is the truth being spoken into our lives? What is the truth that I'm reading right now? How, what is it speaking into my life? Okay, now, what is God saying to me from this verse? You're reading it. You're reading it. What is it saying to me? Now, not only, and here's the part where we don't like as much, now, what am I supposed to do with it? You see, we come to Bible study after Bible study, Sunday school after Sunday school, we come to sermons, and we've heard plenty, and God's saying, now do something with it. That's part of meditation. You hear it, you think about it, you chew on it, then you act on it. Come on, right? All right, you got really quiet right now. That's part of meditation. You see, God wants you living victorious. The next part is truth. Meditating on the Word of God fights truth decay. Okay? How many of you have, how many of you have ever had a virus on your computer? Three, four, five of you. Well, we got virus checker, Pastor Stan. Well, if you've ever been an unwilling subject to some cruel person's joke and you've gotten a virus on you, I remember uh, one year we got a virus on our home computer and of course it, it ate up the hard drive and I had to take it to this guy. He's like, I can only recover a few files 
And it was that, I think it was so big worm, whatever that was back in the day. And so what happens is the devil's always injecting corrupted thoughts into your mind because he, he wants to fry your hard drive. He wants you to not think clearly. He wants you not to be right in your thinking. And so he's always trying to interject. God's word is the opposite. It is like, it is like again, it's like penicillin or any antibiotic on a sick bacteria. It's like injecting health. It, it wipes out the garbage. So some of you have those virus checkers and it goes in there and says, we found 10 files that have, and it, we've eliminated, we've cast them out. And that's the same, the Word of God. It eliminates, helps you eliminate lies and error and cast it out. You see how that's working? When you meditate on the Word of God, it helps you prevent truth decay because the world tells you what truth is and it's not truth. So let me get on with this, okay? Look at what meditating can do and I'm almost down to the end. Fear. Check this out. It fights fear. Write this down and memorize it later on. It says this. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of, of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. It, forgiveness. Write down 1 John 1.9. I'm not going to read it to you. Write it down. 1 John 1.9. This is what, when you meditate on the Word and you memorize fear, okay, when the fear of the enemy comes, boom. Here's what uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 says. When I, when I need forgiveness, boom. 1 John 1.9. Here's what it says. The third one is uh, uh, anxiety. Uh, the Bible says, cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your thoughts. Don't be anxious. Come on, amen? Write that down. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. When temptation comes, we've talked about this plenty of times. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is, is not, it's common to all of us. And God gives a way out. That's awesome. Come on, amen? And then the, la- the last two here, irritability. None of you are irritable, so I'm going to move on. Right. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17. It tells you how to overcome irritability. Isn't that awesome? And then the lack of self-control because you're not an animal. You are a, a, a human created in the image of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We already talked about this. You can take captive thoughts. You can transform your thinking. I don't care what the world tells you. You can transform your thinking. Come on, amen? This is good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Sam, for doing that. So reset your thinking by allowing God to interject His love and His Word into your heart, into your mind. Study the Word. Memorize it. Come on, meditate on it. Use it as a weapon when the enemy lies to you. And would you stand with me? Please, I'll be in at the end. Worship team, if you'd come, because I want to pray with anyone that needs to be prayed for at the end or you have any prayer concerns. Here's the ease of God's deliverance. Write this down, the ease of God's deliverance. I'm just going to give this to you. So Pastor Robert Morris was talking about uh, this ministry um, that his friend had. It's called Family Today Founder. And uh, this guy, uh, Jimmy Davis, has this ministry. And this guy was struggling with pornography. And he comes to this pastor and he says, Help, help me, I'm struggling with pornography. I can't get free with it. I've given my life to Jesus. I can't be free. Uh, this guy, uh, Pastor Davis, said to him, Start memorizing the scripture. Memorize the specific verse. Every time the temptation comes, start quoting the scripture. So sure enough, this guy came back to him a few weeks later and said, I am free now. Every time I'm tempted to look at pornography, I quote this scripture and that that temptation goes away. The word of God is powerful. It really is. It, it is that simple. Sometimes they well, it's simplistic. No, it's not simplistic, but it can breathe life into your life. I want to challenge you. You can get control of your thinking. You can, with the power of God, break the snares of the enemy in your life. Come on, amen? So what I want to do is, is I've done, and I love Robert Morris's prayers. 
I want to read this prayer. You just listen to the prayer and make it your own. You don't have to repeat after me, but I want, when I pray this prayer, I want you just to think about this prayer. Think about your life. Come on, would you do that? So just go ahead and close your eyes so no one's looking at you. I'm going to read out this prayer that's in this chapter of breaking, breaking the snares in your mind, okay? I'm going to read it. You don't have to repeat it, but just claim it as yours, all right? Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, just listen to this and declare it. Lord Jesus, we declare you are Lord of our thought lives. We bring every thought captive to you and we declare war in Jesus' name on any stronghold of the enemy in our lives. We dedicate ourselves to living according to your word. We gird our loins with truth. We put on the, we put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. We arm ourselves with the sword of the Spirit. We will be careful to never walk in the counsel of the wicked. We will delight in your word and meditate on on it day and night. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for freedom. In the name of Jesus, we bind Satan and all his evil work. Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you will come into our lives and your full power and that you will fill us with the full measure of God. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask these things and pray, Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do is if you want me to pray with you, say, Pastor Stan, I want to control my thoughts or I have a need, financially or spiritual, emotional, and you want me to pray with you, I want to give you opportunity. Here's the thing. Sometimes you hear me do this at the end of the service. If you want to accept Christ, I say a prayer. Here's what I want you to do. The Bible says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You will become a Christian if you commit your life to Christ. If you did that today you want, or you want to talk to me at the end of the service, I will be up here in the front. But the worship team is going to sing something and I'm going to turn off my microphone and if you want me to pray for your thoughts or get control of your thought life or again, you have another need you want me to pray with you about, uh, I would. Melissa will come to the front. Pastor Melissa will come to the front as well if I need that because we want to pray with you. All right, so let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name now, we come to you. You are the, you are the freedom giver. Free our thinking, God. Free our lives up so we will be vessels of honor. We will succeed in all that we do. In Jesus' name, the worship team is going to sing. You want me to pray with you? I would love to pray with you right now.
And I will rise, sin, rise. 